Yet again, uh, win their uh, fourth consecutive game if they win tonight. When they play tonight at New Orleans and down to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports owner of Mark Long of the Associated Press. Mark, always good to have you. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence. Let's just get right to the big story here. Bruised the knee uh, Sunday late in that game against uh, the win against the, against the Colts. I assume we expect him to play tonight, and if he does play, uh, do you think there'll be any limitations in the offense, like moving him in the pocket, etc.? Yeah, I do think he'll play. I think he's going to try to tough it out, and um, you know, and play on that sprained left knee. He's going to wear a brace, which you know he worked with all week, but didn't do a lot in it. So he'll get out there on the field, I think, pregame and, and see how much mobility he had. He wasn't really comfortable in it Monday, Tuesday. It was just different for him, right? So he's got to got to get used to that. Uh, but he's going to try, and he will. There's no question he'll have some liability, some some limitations. I don't know what. How, you know, how significant, but I would think if you're Doug Peterson and you're that coaching staff, you get him in the shotgun, you don't let him turn his back on defenders very often, you're not asking him to roll left, roll right, roll right, you just tell the offensive line, hey, this is on you. You guys got to keep this guy clean, you got to keep him upright, and you, you know, you, you rely on the running game, you rely on, you know, Travis Etienne to get it done on the ground and, and maybe take a little bit of pressure off. Trevor, and then when he does throw, he's got to get rid of the ball. He knows it. Receivers know it. The coaches know it. The game plan dictates it, and that's the way you roll into this thing. But for their sense, from their sense, you know, eighty percent Trevor Lawrence is probably better than you know a one hundred percent of C.J. Beathard. I would hope so. Yes, no doubt. the, he's certainly he's made a lot of highlight plays this year, but he's completing less than forty percent of his passes in the red zone. What's up with that? Yeah, it's a huge issue for them. It's the offensive line's been a problem, and all of a sudden you get down there, things start getting tight. People start blitzing when you get down in the red zone, and and that's been a problem for this offensive line. They're going to be without Walker Little, their starting left guard. They've got a rookie at right tackle, Brandon Scherf at right guard's probably going to go but he's been banged up all season with an ankle injury. So that's been the real issue is, is just no consistency, no continuity on the offensive line, and it shows. And then you throw in they've got a rookie uh, tight end and a rookie running back, you know, playing in. They're not starting, but they're playing in, in key roles and they're getting on the field. And, you know, pass protection is hard. It's hard at this level. So those guys are, are kind of still learning the ropes. So a lot of that stuff is just made for – a little bit of a struggle for the Jags offensively. Fortunately for them, you know, the defense has really picked up the slack and done its part here in the last uh, three games. Yeah, I'll get to the defense here momentarily. Let's continue with this offensive line discussion. Uh, some guys not playing, some guys beat up. Uh, maybe the Saints defensive front's not exactly the best team to be facing at the moment. <laughs> no, and they've talked all week about Cameron Jordan and what a game record he can be from that defensive line spot. And they move him around a little bit and he's going to get, he's going to find a weak spot. He's going to find a weak spot and keep you guessing as to where he's going to be and where he's coming from. He's not going to make it easy on the Jags. And you go to a place like New Orleans, that all that does is put more stress on an offense because by all accounts, it's the hardest place, toughest place, loudest place to play in the NFL going into that dome, especially for a night game on a Thursday night, prime time, national television, you know, all those things, not really national television, but prime 
Network, whatever that is, right? I mean, Amazon Prime. And so uh, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all that, you know, it's just gonna it's just gonna ramp it up a little bit more, make it more tougher for the Jags and tougher for an offensive line that's you know, got pieces moving in and out and a couple guys hobbled up front. Cam Jordan, the Valley product, and Christian Kirk, a Valley product also, and uh, he's now been with uh, the Jags. Kirk has for two seasons. How would you assess him in his Jags time thus far? It better than better than expected. I think there were a lot of people, myself included, who kind of raised eyebrows, right, when he signed that huge deal. Yeah. And nobody knew what the market was, but he was the first receiver off the board in 2022, and nobody thought, you know, oh, my gosh, this is the guy they signed Christian Kirk to this kind of – to this contract, and uh, it was off the charts. But he's been better than expected. He was fantastic last year. He's been fantastic this year. Even with the addition of Calvin Ridley, he's still been the man, and he's still really the go-to guy. Ridley's certainly a little bit more of a down-the-field guy, but when, you, when Trevor Lawrence needs a first down, when Trevor Lawrence needs a bailout, he throws to Christian Kirk. He's reliable. He's always open. Uh, fantastic guy in the locker room. Him and Trevor Lawrence are like BFFs these days. Evan Ingram too. They kind of just the, the three of them roll together. Them and their wives. Um, and I, you know, I've been I've been covering this Bob a long time. I've been doing this since 1999, covering the NFL. So 25, almost 25 years. I've never met a better person in the NFL from a player standpoint than Christian Kirk. The kid is he's off the chart nice. And I got an eight-year-old son who loves football, loves the NFL, can't get enough. And he asked me, who's the nicest guy? You know, who wants to know who's the nicest guy, who's the meanest guy? I tell him every time, Christian Kirk. It is Christian Kirk, hands down. I will tell anybody who will listen, buy a Christian Kirk jersey, support that guy, make him your favorite player. You will never be disappointed. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Zay Jones, out tonight. Yeah, they showed a thing on NFL Network this morning, or it might have been ESPN, one of those two. Uh, the, Lawrence's numbers have suffered when Jones hasn't played. Why do you think that is? Yeah, well, that's the guy. That's the guy in the red zone. He is. He's a big target. I mean, Ridley and and um, and Christian Kirk, not the not the taller guys, not the bigger guys. They don't have quite the catch radius. So Zay Jones is that guy. He is the big, lanky. Great hands, great radius guy. So when you look at the red zone numbers, you look at some of some of Trevor's completion numbers in the red zone, it's all related to Zay Jones. That's kind of his go-to guy. You saw it last year with the touchdown numbers. You've seen it this year with some of the touchdown numbers. He nearly had two his last game out and just you know couldn't get that second foot down or was just a little bit wide, one of those things, a couple of those things. So he's a big loss for them, no doubt. Uh, because even Evan Ingram, not a very big, very fast tight end, but not a very big tight end. So Trevor gets down here in the red zone. They can't run it behind this offensive line. They don't have more than three seconds to throw it, and you just don't have that big, big target to kind of toss it up to and let him go get it. Kind of a bad combination there. Talking with Mark Long from the Associated Press. You mentioned Calvin Ridley. Uh, I do a weekly fantasy segment on Tuesday with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. He's disappointed in him. Fantasy owners, the league I'm in, the fantasy owner is really disappointed with him. He's been inconsistent. Uh, were the Jags expecting more from Ridley? Yeah, I mean, and, and it, I think this, uh, he had two touchdown catches he missed in the Houston game. 
two, I mean, just blatant drops. And that would change, I think that would change the numbers. You know, because he was good against Atlanta. He was good a couple weeks ago. Certainly very good uh, against Buffalo. He was very good against Houston, though he dropped. He had the two touchdowns. So it, it looked a little bit different if you had two more touchdowns on the, on the board there for him. Uh, but I don't think the Jags have been disappointed. He is a different different type of receiver than what they've had. He is a game-breaker. He's the kind of guy, you know, you just have to account for him on every single play. He runs great deep routes, unbelievable on that outside, really opens things up for Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram uh, over the middle. So I don't know the disappointments are. I think they think they look at it and they go, they're still trying to figure it out. He's still coming back from two years off. He's still, you know, still it's all new with Trevor Lawrence. This is in a situation where they played a ton in the preseason together. You're not getting, you know, the same looks in the training camp that you get during the season. So still, you know, they're looking at this and they're going, ah, it's still six games in. You're still way early in the season and plenty of time for these two guys to grow together. You mentioned the defense. Uh, it seemed to get better in the, the two games in London. So other uh, maybe it was just the London accommodations or whatever. Why why has the defense been better in the last three games? <laughs> yeah, well, turnovers, right? They've got they lead the NFL with fifteen takeaways, nine of them in the last three games. Uh, they've been fantastic. They, you know, they they're they're getting pressure on quarterbacks. They're forcing fumbles. They're getting pressure, which leading to interceptions, balls thrown up, and then they've played, you know, you look at who they've played. Yes, they've got Patrick Mahomes and, and Josh Allen on the schedule already, and they beat Josh Allen, but throw those guys out, and it's Anthony Richardson, Gardner Minshew, uh, Desmond Ritter, and who am I missing? Somebody from last, whoever it was last week. Um, I don't know, we all missed you last week. I'm missing somebody. But, uh, oh, week two, uh, uh, Houston. Or, yeah, week three, Houston, the, the rookie in Houston, C.J. Stroud. So it's not exactly a who's who of NFL quarterbacks, especially when you throw out the two big names with Allen and Mahomes. So, you know, that's part of it, right? And they're an experienced defense. This is their second year. They returned all 11 starters, second year in the system with the same guys. They should be better. Nobody expected this now. And, you know, even though the stack numbers aren't there from Trayvon Walker, the number one pick in the 2002 NFL draft, He's been fantastic, off the charts fantastic in terms of stopping the run and forcing quarterbacks out of the pocket, drawing double teams, sometimes triple teams. Just, you know, offenses clearly need to know where he's at, and it's really benefited Josh Allen on the other side. He's uh, ranked tied for third in the NFL with seven sacks. Uh, They're not great. They've only got 12 sacks. They're not great at, at getting to quarterbacks, taking them down. They are pressuring them, but they're not getting to them. Josh Allen is, though. Uh, that's the one spot they got to be better. The question is, what is this defense when they're not getting takeaways? Because that's the concern. Can they be picked on a little bit in the passing game? They're pretty stout against the run. You know, how are they going to do in the red zone when they're not getting those those big momentum plays? Previewing Jags and Saints with Mark Long of the Associated Press. Okay, so speaking of the uh, you know the pass defense here. Tyson Campbell, uh, the Jags' uh, you know, top corner, out for tonight. You know the Saints have Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Um, how do the Buccaneers plan to match up against those receivers? Or maybe they just kind of assume that Derek Carr, who's not exactly been Mister Accurate so far this season, is inaccurate again. Yeah, yeah, that would that would probably be at least 
a consideration for them, right? That they don't have to worry about uh, this isn't, uh, you know, Peyton Manning back there throwing or Drew Brees, for that matter. I mean, this is just, uh, you know, just a guy. And let's be honest, that's what he is. So, but he's dangerous and he's thrown. He's coming off a big, pretty good game. I think he threw for 300 plus last week. So they got to be concerned with him. It, it, you know, without Tyson Campbell, that is a problem because he is their best cornerback. They will switch some things around. It'll be a, on, a, on a fairly new guy, second-year guy. Buster Brown will be in back there. Monteric Brown will be thrust in the spotlight, but they loved him. They loved him in camp. They loved him in the preseason, and they expect him to be a starter maybe even next season, but, you know, he's thrust in there a little bit early this week. But if I'm the, if I'm the Saints, I'm taking shots, right? I'm taking picking on him a little bit and see what he's got because this is going to be his first significant playing time of his career in a tough environment, on the road, unfamiliar opponents, all those things with it being an ENFT. So, you know, make him show you something. As far as uh, tonight, uh, what should we look for in addition to what we've already talked about? Is there anything else we should look for when the, it's the yeah, Jags' ETN. defense against the Saints' offense? Okay, well, either way, I, I would that's say ETN is, is the guy. I mean, he's two touchdowns in back-to-back games, so he's got four in the last two weeks. He's kind of been their one saving grace down and around the red zone. Uh, they tweaked it last week with a little wildcat play, and he scored on it from 20-something yards out. So, you know, he is – a guy you've got to account for. He did all kinds of damage against Buffalo late in that game. You know, and again, with Trevor being injured, this is the guy, right? This is the guy you're going to say, this is a little bit on you. This is your game. Going to carry the offense a little bit more. It's been Trevor Lawrence carrying the offense. Certainly ETN's gotten the touchdowns, but this will be a game where they go, okay, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Running the ball between the tackles, getting outside, maybe get him in the screen game, all those things that will get the ball out of Trevor's hand and maybe into a playmaker and, and see what he can do. But uh, that's, that's, that's a guy I think definitively will be a big part. If the Saints can slow him down, then, you know, I think the Jags could be in trouble. And on the flip side of that, Alvin Kamara, right? This is going to be his third game back. You know, he's had two weeks now to get his legs under him. What does he do at home against the Jags that have been pretty stout against the run. What is he going to do? I think those two guys, those two running backs, would be the biggest X factors of the night for me. Okay, you're breaking my heart here with the ETN thing because I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he was really <laughs> bad in short yardage and really bad in goal line, and that's the reason that they drafted Tank Bigsby and so forth. I don't have him this year, and now he's an offensive machine. What what has changed with him? <laughs> I, and I'm in the same boat. I had him on a fantasy team last year thinking, expecting big things and was completely disappointed from a touchdown standpoint and thought the same thing. Big B would be the guy and come in here and steal would be a touchdown thief for them, goal line and short yard, and it just hasn't, hasn't worked out that way. I think a lot of that, you go back to week one, Big B had a couple of plays there, fumble and a, a play where he didn't get on a fumble, and uh, they might have lost a little confidence. So between losing confidence in a rookie and ETN's playing pretty well, it makes it a pretty easy decision to uh, roll with ETN. All right. So bottom line, this game's pretty much a pick 'em. So who wins tonight in New Orleans? Yeah, I, if Trevor was healthy, I would take the, the Jags all day. I think this is a team that's shown it can go anywhere and win, whether it's on the road at home. Now they can win. They defense travels. I would take the Jags all day. Now, though, without with with 
knowing what I know about Trevor, just being hobbled, watching him on Tuesday and Monday and Tuesday with that brace, not feeling comfortable. You know, I don't know how I how they're going to get this done against Cam Jordan and company. Even won a game in Jacksonville last week. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, you know the Jags yeah. never won in New Orleans. Zero and three, one of five NFL Ooh. cities. This franchise has never won. Hmm. Okay. So one quick thing, uh, other than to, I pass tonight, trade deadlines and Halloween. That's not too far away here. Any expectations that the Jags might do something? If they do, what might they try to add? Yeah, that's a good one, Bob. I would say certainly pass rush. I mean, again, when you're looking at 12 sacks, when you're looking at Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen playing about 80% of the snaps this year, you just I don't know how sustainable that is, right? Can you can you do that for a 17-game season? Do you want to do that for a 17-game season? So I would think they're absolutely in the market for a pass rusher. Uh, lots of rumors and heat about Daniel Hunter out of Minnesota. I know yeah. he signed a big deal, but that is a guy I would at least put on the radar. And if not him, yeah. then certainly the Burns kid out of Carolina. If Carolina's looking at this is a, a rebuild and they want more picks, I would say Burns and Daniel Hunter. Hunter would be a good fit. I'd probably say that about 30 teams in the league, though. Probably he'd be a good fit for them. He's he's a really good player. So uh, hopefully yeah. for him, he gets out of Minnesota. So there you go. All right, Sounds Mark. Good. Always good pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks much. Have uh, have fun. We'll see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Bob. Uh, my pleasure. Mark Long of the Associated Press. Always good stuff for Mark. And uh, that ETN thing, I'm still, you know, the tears are still, still coming out of my face. I had a chance last year in my fantasy league, and he did not help me at all. And then I didn't pick him this year, and he's you know, Mr. Touchdown. All right, next segment.